Hello and welcome to the Innovation Forum podcast for Friday 5th of August with me, Ian Welsh. It's great to be back and my thanks to Innovation Forum's B. Stevenson for hosting the podcast while I've been away. A few weeks ago, I was delighted to speak with the winners of the Innovation Connections Initiative from Tesco and WWF. And coming up a bit later is a chance to hear from representatives from all of the five winning collaborations. And these entrepreneurs are all very much worth listening to. First though, is some sustainable business news. The Brazilian government has granted a permit that will allow for a highly controversial road through the Amazon rainforest to be paved, a move that deforestation activists have greeted with dismay. The route is currently a rough track, built in the 1970s, that is impassable for much of the year. Improving the road surface will allow illegal loggers to access remote forest areas more easily. There are also concerns that indigenous people's rights will be impacted by land grabbers. Greenpeace's Unearthed newsletter highlighted the potential for so-called fishbone deforestation and land grabs pattern where illegal roads are cleared off the main highway. Concerns about deforestation levels have never been more acute. Clearances in the Amazon hit a 15-year high in 2021. Brazil's right-wing president, Jair Bolsonaro, had pledged to have the route paved during his election campaign. Indigenous rights for Amazonian peoples appear to have also been impacted by a company called Nemus that has been selling non-fungible tokens that it says are linked to land in the rainforest that is actually owned by local people. Brazilian prosecutors are concerned that the company's claims that the indigenous peoples are benefiting are false. The company also is accused of coercing locals into signing documents of support written in languages that they cannot read. Indigenous leaders have told the Reuters Foundation that Nemus had offered to buy land for them that was already theirs. As part of a drive to transition to greener fuels, India is set to initiate a carbon market for bigger emitters such as the energy, steel and cement sectors. Companies would earn credits from developing technology that cuts emissions. India is the world's third largest emitting nation and committed to achieving net zero by 2070 at the COP26 meeting in Glasgow in 2021. Initial plans involve cutting 1 billion tonnes of carbon emissions by 2030. Among the initiatives expected alongside the carbon market launch are lower carbon fuels, carbon capture and electrification of transportation. UK supermarket chain Morrison's is set to continue the trend for the development of carbon-neutral food supply chain innovation with a trial of new carbon-neutral eggs from eggs reared on insects, themselves fed on food waste that comes from the business's retail outlets. A key change is that the hens will have soy-free diets, removing potential links to deforestation and eliminating some shipping impacts. Morrison's has a target for its UK farm suppliers to be net zero emissions by 2030. The Innovation Forum Autumn Conference Series includes the next in our series on the future of plastics and packaging on the 11th and 12th of October in Amsterdam, with a focus this year on how business can build circular packaging solutions that deliver impact at scale. Among those already confirmed to take part in the conference sessions are business experts from Unilever, Kellogg, Mattel and Nestle. And if you'd like to join us, you can save €200 on tickets if you register before 12th of August. Our flagship Sustainable Landscapes and Commodities Forum returns on the 1st and 2nd of November, also in Amsterdam. As ever, the agenda will have an emphasis on open and candid debate and discussion. And we'll hear from the likes of Golden Agri Resources, Dole Food, Tesco, Natura, Kraft, Diageo and many more. It's always a good time to register, of course, but do so in August and receive a €200 Euro discount on conference passes. A few months ago, we highlighted the launch of Innovation Connections from Tesco and WWF. This is a new accelerator programme that has paired pioneering startups with Tesco suppliers to fast-track innovation in the supply chain. 
In May, a group of finalists pitched head-to-head -head in front of a panel of experts from Tesco and WWF with five exciting projects, each awarded funding of up to £150,000. Innovation Connections is part of a long-term partnership between Tesco and WWF that aims to half the environmental impact of the average shopping basket. I've been finding out a bit more about the winning projects and the innovation behind them, and I've been delighted to speak with representatives of each. First up is Casey Woodward, founder and CEO of AgriSound, a company developing technology that uses bioacoustics to monitor pollinators and pest levels on farms to help farmers protect biodiversity and increase produce yields. AgriSound has partnered with AM Fresh, a food business that operates in the citrus fruits, tropical fruits, vegetables and fresh plant-based foods and juices sector. Welcome, Casey. Hey, Ian. How are you? I'm very well. Love to be talking with you. So why don't you start off by giving us a bit of background into what AgriSound is? Yeah, so AgriSound is a technology company which really focuses around using sound analysis to interpret the sounds present within a farming environment to determine how many insects are present. And that can be used as a marker for biodiversity and for delivering precision pollination services. That's fascinating stuff. So tell us a little bit about the project then that you're working on. We're working with a company called AM Fresh, which is one of Tesco's citrus fruit providers, to really help them to deliver precision insect management across several sites, both in Spain and in the UK. And what we're doing with them is placing some of our listening devices across the sites, listening out for the sounds of pollinating insects and the sounds of pests. And we're going to use that information to help the agronomists within AM Fresh to make data-driven decisions around where to spray or where to improve biodiversity measures. Tell me a bit about the product then. What does it do precisely? So the product is very similar to some of the smart speakers we might have at home. So it's listening out 24-7 for the sounds of insects in the environment. And when it hears something that sounds like it might be of interest, it will wake up, it will record that sound, and it will send that analysis up to the cloud where we can see that in the supporting web app. How many insects can it identify? At the moment, we monitor pollinators and we focus very much on pollinators and the algorithm that's present on the device is able to pull out different types of pollinators, honeybees, bumblebees, hoverflies. And what we're doing now at the moment is looking at how we can reconfigure that device to start to monitor some of the common pest species. So we've started looking at some of the economically important moth types, but we're now looking as part of this project into some of the pests that exist outside of the UK as well. So things like the Mediterranean fruit fly, which we're going to be exploring in this project. Your project with AM Fresh, how can that project help you uh, demonstrate your product's scalability? Yeah, so this is a really exciting project for us because this is the first time we're deploying devices at significant scale. So we're deploying over 200 units across the landscape within the AM Fresh supply chain. And this is going to help us to really determine the differences between different types of citrus production environments. So we're going to be comparing a conventionally managed site versus a site with biodiversity measures already in place with another site that's undergoing conversion to a truly organic and regenerative production environment. So what we'll be able to do here is compare what's going on, but we can take those learnings and we can create use cases which show how the technology can support farmers as they're on this journey to improving biodiversity and showing some of the economic benefits from making these changes and installing this technology on their sites. Tell me a bit about the importance for you guys of developing the right relationships with your customers. The Innovation Connections programme is all about connecting Tesco suppliers with exciting innovators. How important for you guys has it been developing that sort of relationship? Oh, absolutely instrumental for us. We don't pretend to be farmers or agronomists. So what we always look to do is design the solution with the end user 
firmly steer in the direction of where the product needs to go and how it needs to function. And in our view, that's the way we will achieve scalable products that can achieve our ambitions, which is to create the world's largest database on biodiversity, focusing on insects. What does success look like for you guys then? So I think in this project, what success would look like for us is really having a clear understanding around the benefits that these different types of interventions can have. So we want to be able to say to growers, if you bring this type of wildflower mix in there, this is the type of uplift you're going to get. And this is all the data that supports that in a really real time, scalable way. Those are the sort of learns we want to impart from the project. And similarly, we want to be able to illustrate how the technology can support growers across the globe in terms of monitoring and protecting biodiversity on their sites and showing how that leads to economic benefit. Branston is a business that supplies potatoes and potato-based chilled products to Tesco and is partnering with CCM Technologies, Andermatt UK and Farm Carbon Toolkit to develop low-carbon fertilisers to reduce the carbon footprint of potato production. CCM's technology uses captured carbon dioxide from power generation along with other inputs to create fertilisers. Andermatt develops bacteria-based biological fertilisers. And Carbon Farm Toolkit is a business that helps farmers measure, understand and reduce their greenhouse gas emissions. I spoke with Branston Agronomy Director David Nelson to find out more. Welcome David. Hello Ian. Okay, why don't you tell us a little bit about Branston? Uh, Branston are a potato packer processor based in Lincolnshire but with sites in Somerset and Scotland that handle over 350,000 tonnes of potatoes annually and supplying 300,000 tonnes to Tesco. That's a lot of potatoes. Tell me about this project that you've been working on with Tesco WWF and their Innovation Connection programme. Yeah, we're really excited to be able to launch this project. We're bringing together a couple of startup companies, CCM Technologies and Andermatt UK, who've got some exciting new fertiliser technologies in development which will be able to reduce the carbon footprint of our potato production quite substantially. And we're employing the Farm Carbon Toolkit to verify these claims. Tell me quickly then, the CCM Technologies, what's their solution? Their solution is using biomass, enriching it with CO2 and calcium carbonate, and then adding sources of ammonia to provide a pelleted format of fertiliser, which has not undergone the traditional high level of processing required for normal fertiliser granules. What about Andermatt UK, the other innovator? Well, we initially went with Andermatt because we felt there was a synergy between their microbial mycorrhizal products and the potential to reduce even further the amount of fertiliser being used. But in addition, they've also brought forward a liquid nitrogen phosphate potash source which is extracted directly from waste plant material, which we're also interested to look at. What's the potential scalability of these innovations? Well, we're informed by both of these companies that they're at the position where production could increase substantially over the next few years. We're in a position as a Tesco potato supply base, we're looking probably from the region of around 10,000 tonnes of fertiliser, We feel that over the next three years, if we can successfully demonstrate the opportunities available with these new products, that a substantial proportion of the fertiliser used within the Tesco potato supply base could be provided by these products. Tell me a bit about the supplier-innovator relationships and why developing them is so important. 
A lot of the new innovations are coming out of small startup companies. You can think of lots of examples where manufacturers are perhaps trying to protect their current products. So that's why we're particularly excited to, to look at these two new startup companies. We're also in contact with other of the larger fertilizer companies. And if they can contribute towards this project over the next few years, then obviously we'll not be ignoring that. We're always on the search for innovation and with net zero targets and the desire to reduce the environmental impact of potato growing. This is one of the main targets that we have in terms of improving potato production. So you're going to be working on this in the potato growing season in 2023, is that right? Correct. Yeah, we've recently been awarded this project, but uh, in terms of the timing of the cropping, this year's crop was largely planted in sort of March, April of this year. So it was too late to be able to instigate these particular treatments and trials for the 2022 season. But we're in a good position to be able to complete this work during 2023. What will success look like for you? Success for us will be when our growers take up this technology on a wide scale. We understand that they need the evidence in terms of the benefits, in terms of the carbon footprint, but also the assurance that the quality and yield of their crops will not be affected. Once they have that, then we've already surveyed our growers and they have indicated very strongly that they're very enthusiastic to take this up. They all have their own net zero challenges as well over the next decade or so. Okay, David, thanks very much. Thank you. Farm Carbon Toolkit's partnership with potato and root vegetable supplier Burgess Farms was another winner of Innovation Connections funding. I spoke with Oliver Kinnison, Carbon Calculator Manager at Farm Carbon Toolkit, about the project and how it will help the carbon footprint software continue to develop. Welcome, Oliver. Hello. Why don't you start off by giving us a bit of background to what Farm Carbon Toolkit is? Well, Farm Carbon Toolkit is a business broadly with two sides to it. We've got an advisory side of the business and a software and carbon calculating side of the business. I think both of those areas are really there to help farmers understand and then find ways to reduce the carbon intensity of the food that we all eat. On the advisory side, we've got a great team of advisors who go out on the farm and meet real producers and and help them with their carbon journey practical stuff and and I think we have a lot of expertise when it comes to soil carbon in particular and soil fertility. So a lot of our team members are out there making practical advice about how farmers can improve their soil fertility. And the side that I am in charge of is the farm carbon calculator. So that is a free to use carbon calculator which you can find from our website. You can go in there, create an account. Through that you can input data about your farming operations in as much detail as you like, depending on how much time you've got, and then come up with some numbers behind exactly what your farming operation does when it comes to carbon. When I say carbon, I also mean the methane, the nitrous oxide, which are part of that, so greenhouse gases. Yeah, we allow farmers across the board in the UK, from arable and dairy, poultry and sheep and everything in between, to input their data and get a good feeling for what their carbon emissions are. And we also spend quite a lot of time on sequestration. We've got a big section there, which allows farmers to put in details about any woodland they've got, any forest they've got, the hedges, and also place to put in changes in soil carbon and how that equates to carbon that's locked up in soil. Can tell us a bit about the project then? What was the winning project and how can it illustrate the toolkit's potential scalability? 
We really want to develop a tool which is accessible to all farmers. Everybody who grows food in the UK and later on across the world should have access to really good tools that help them understand what their carbon footprint is. And it's an emerging sector, you know, like my grandfather was producing sheep and chicken here in these hills. He has no idea what carbon footprint is and it wasn't interested. Nowadays, we are all engaged from the suppliers to, and the retailers. What we want to do is make it easier for everybody to get good data, get good answers and to communicate that. So yeah, our company, I think, is really careful to do something that works particularly well for the farming industry. We focus solely on the food industry. We don't do carbon footprints for other things and we really want to get this right and we think we're on the right track. Let's talk a bit about the relationship that you're building with Burgess Farms. How important do you think it is to develop good producer-innovator relationships in this sort of context? Well, I think it's really crucial. If you start designing software in a vacuum, it might be useful for you, but it's not going to be useful for the people who are going to use it. So we just want to work with the people who want to use the tools. And it's the same for all farmers who want to engage with us. If they think that our tool needs to be improved, is missing stuff, isn't relevant, doesn't make sense, we always want that feedback. And this project allows us to really engage in a sort of deep way with one of the leading producers of vegetables, which means hopefully we'll do a really good job about it. So yeah, we're really excited. We've already been working with them uh, to help them understand what their carbon emissions are throughout their supply chain, throughout their production. So we're sort of deepening that relationship now and really thinking about the, the data streams, as I was saying before, how you capture information which is already being used somewhere else and use that, piggyback on that, to get a carbon footprint out of it. So ultimately, what will success look like? I think for us, success will look like a calculator which is so easy to use and straightforward that you barely even realise that you've done it. We want something which is just a normal part of farming operations, just like you do your accounts, you'll do your carbon accounting, and you'll figure out exactly what your carbon footprint is. In the same way as your financial accounts, you learn a lot about how your business works. With our carbon footprinting, hopefully it will really be able to give farmers insight into what could be improved in their business And we've really seen some unusual things come out. Farmers realising, hang on, that really isn't efficient there because it's very different from my neighbours. And it can really highlight sort of hotspots and areas that producers can think, you know what, I could do something about that. And often a carbon efficient business is also a financially efficient business. And I think we're seeing that more and more as prices for inputs are skyrocketing. Developing and understanding biodiversity is ever more important for farmers and their customers. Hilton Foods supplies protein products to Tesco and has partnered with Chirrup, which is a company that has developed a monitoring system that uses birdsong as a science-based biodiversity indicator in grassland farming. I spoke with Chirrup project lead, Conrad Young. Hi Conrad, nice to speak with you. Hi there, Ian. how are you doing? I'm very well. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Chirrup? Chirrup, or chirrup.ai, as you'll find it online, is our clever little system that combines recording on site, on farm, of the ambient noise in and around the tree where we put the recording device over a period of weeks and takes that recording, puts it through a machine learning system, an algorithm that can pick out the sounds of individual bird species by their song such that at the end of the period of recording, we can provide a farmer with a list of species that are on their farm. And to some extent, we can give them a sense of the benchmarks of other farms like theirs, how they're performing against particular sort of ecosystem that they're based in. And the idea here is to give them an idea of the degree of biodiversity at their particular site. 
Absolutely, yes. We've taken the view, and we're in good company with BirdLife International and DEFRA on this, that birds do represent a sort of indicator of wider biodiversity. In the UK in particular, birds represent the top of what they call the trophic pyramid. So underneath your apex predator that eats insects, there's a whole load of insects. Or if they're a grain-eating bird, there's a whole load of grain. And underneath those grain and insects, There's soils and soils full of all of the different organisms, mycorrhiza and worms and nematodes and so forth. So the more birds you have at the top of that pyramid, the even greater amount of species you've got in the levels below. What's the project then that you're taking part in? Well, we're very, very fortunate to have the support of Tesco and Hilton Food Group with good oversight of WWF on a 12, 13 month project which will be looking at a specific set of farms in the West Country in two locations that are contrasting in terms of their ecology, the ecosystem they represent. So we'll have 15 farms in Dartmoor and 15 farms in Wiltshire, and we will be comparing grassland farm production. So this could be sheep, could be dairy cattle, could be beef cattle. And we'll be comparing that with control sites that are like nature reserves, ones that show you the the best that that ecosystem can provide in terms of bird and general biodiversity. What does scaling up look like? What is the potential of this technology? Subject to us being able to secure enough boxes to go out in the field, we potentially see this as not just a way to measure individual species on farm, but to measure abundance of species generally across the UK. So if we think of each farm as a pixel in the map of the UK, we could click on whichever species we want to see or groups of species or assemblages of species and see the pixels light up where those species are available. And as time passes, we ought to be able to see nice patterns of expansion. So We'll look particularly at species like the skylark or yellowhammer, which have traditionally been abundant in farmland, but in the last 30, 40 years really have declined very sharply. And we would hope to target or help farmers to target changes in the way they manage their farms en masse so that we can see a resurgence in, in those species. Tesco and WWF have been working on this project overall to develop relationships between suppliers to Tesco and and innovators. How important is that relationship, the relationship between yourselves and the business that's buying your technology or using your technology? Well, it's crucial. There's been obviously a great history in the UK of amateur level birders. People have joined RSPB in enormous numbers, over a million members. There's been a great history of leading businesses and farms are amongst them adopting agroecological techniques that will improve biodiversity and so on. We've not really ever got to the point where this stuff happens at scale. And to happen at scale, you've got to work with the large companies, large companies that have a big impact and that only with a couple of tweaks are capable of generating a mass scale of change. The supermarkets have done this in the past over a variety of areas, you know, from indicating the, the health levels and calorie levels in packaging through to driving sustainable packaging, through to improving animal health in the supply chain, simply by asking their suppliers what they're doing. In some cases, not even requiring them to change, just asking the question. We see working with them and indeed working with the investors, ultimately, that ask these questions as well as the way of driving this sort of change at scale. 
fifth project to win Innovation Connections funding was a collaboration again involving the Hilton Food Group, this time partnering convenience foods manufacturer Greencore and Future by Insects, a developer of alternative animal feeds. To find out more, I spoke with Future by Insects Chief Executive Evelyn Peters. Welcome, Evelyn. Hi. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Future by Insects? So we are Future by Insects. We are a startup based in the UK. We've developed a proprietary technology and a process that profitably enables us to look into emission and valorize byproducts of pre-consumer waste by using insects, getting to our product, many products, which are biofertilizers, animal protein, animal lipids. And that's the process of what we do and what we look at. Okay, so you take byproduct from the food sector, you have a process whereby you use that as feed for insects and you turn those insects into protein for fish wheel, that sort of thing. Alternatives to existing fish wheel products. It's an alternative source of proteins to go into animal feed. Why don't you tell me a bit about the winning project? So the winning project, we're really excited about it because it does really help us to showcase and most importantly, start to collect data and evidence that what we believe in is right and what we do is good. So under the WWF and Tesco scheme, we'll look at our partners' byproduct um, streams coming out of food processors. So we partnered with Green Core and looking to utilize their streams of red and vegetables to go into our processes in which we will feed that to insects. We will upcycle those streams and produce protein meal, which will go into not another scheme, but is designed to go into fish feed, a large scale fish feed into sustainably farmed fish which then ultimately allows our partner Hilton Food Group to use sustainably grown fish in their offering to Tesco. Greencore are, of course, a large producer of sandwiches and that type of product in the UK. So I imagine they will have bread and vegetable byproducts from what they produce for their customers. And the Hilton Group, as you said, are one of the largest fish processors in the UK as well. So how will the project illustrate the scalability of your technology? We've done all our work, our groundwork on pilot scale, and it tax up. So we really are interested in, in two things. One is to produce a sustainable source of fish feed. But the second one is to show an evidence that this is actually, in fact, sustainable. We are keenly interested in proving that by doing what we do, reducing food byproducts and upcycling them into feed product, which can replace soya meal potentially imported from deforested areas, well, that all is super important for us. So that's the second aim is really to look at the sustainability angle. And by looking at the sustainability angle, you have to be bigger than just doing this on pilot, right? If you do this in a little box and you've shown this to be good, that's great. But now under that project, we're going to be doing much larger volumes to be meaningful to someone like Greencore and to be meaningful to someone who is importing farm fish. Because for now, this would be just a tiny little drop in the ocean. But by ramping it up, we can show that it works on larger scale and we can start to run the numbers down on what we do as an LCA, so life cycle analysis, basically. So that's how we see this. And this is why it's so important to us. It really allows us to be making that next step from where we are at the pilot, where we know it works, to the large scale, where it starts to be commercial and where it needs to be commercially in order to be of value to the producers and or purchasers within the supply chain of Tesco. 
This project and this broader WWF and Tesco programme is all about developing collaboration, developing relationships between innovators and other businesses. How important to use developing that relationship with, in this instance, the Hilton Group and Greencore? It's crucial. It's the backbone of our business model. Not only do we need a large amount of substrates, so if you think about what we want to achieve, which is sustainably produced insect meal being readily available in the UK, locally produced, fully transparent, to be not only going into fish feed, but going into poultry, for example, or later on, depending on the approval stages we're going to go through, potentially pick it has wider application than that. In order to do so, you need to start to build the standard of the industry and you can't do that by yourself. You just need to be connected, which is where, you know, the value comes in in what we're doing. We don't want to have this as one supplier. We would like to have this Green Core Hilton Food Group replicated with many more players within the supply chain, not only at Tesco's level, but, you know, there are other supermarkets out there who could use the same technology, same way, same approach. And that's really what we see as such a huge value and such a needed point to bring together different players and make this a more viable and sustainable and sustainable in the sense that it will be many more years to come where insect meal production is something which replaces a soya meal in large enough volumes. That's what motivates and rises. us. It was great to find out more about each of the exciting projects that won Innovation Connections funding, and I'm looking forward to following their progress over the coming months. As ever, the Innovation Forum website is a place to go for all the latest analysis and interviews. And don't forget that if you want to join either the Plastics and Packaging or the Sustainable Landscapes and Commodities Conferences in Amsterdam this autumn, you can take advantage of discounts and passes if you reserve your place now. Everything you need to know about those is available online. But that's it for now. I'm Benin Welsh, and until next week, goodbye.